Hey everyone. Um, hope everyone's well. I want to talk about something which, you know, um, I think about, it's a, it's a theme that's, that's, you know, been living inside our civilization for hundreds of millions of years. It's that of the darkness and the light. The darkness, you know, the movies, the music, the stories, it's just, it's a massive energy. It's a massive force. And um, if it's the, if you've been injured or in any way abused early on or neglected or if you've suffered trauma as a child, it's one of the first things you're going to encounter. It's the, it's really the, the thing that won't let you in, right? It's like the, the club that will not let you in, the party that you're all dressed up to go into and you can't get in. You don't know at the time, but that's how it works. Because, you know, when you arrive, you're parachuted in. You're parachuted in to a particular country, a particular culture, a particular people. You're not negotiating. You're not comparing them to the neighbors. You're not comparing them you know, to other types of people. They're the ones that you've arrived to, that's the furnace you get cooked in, that's the potter, you know, potter's wheel your clay has landed on, and there's no negotiating about whether it's right or wrong or whether it works or doesn't work. You're just in it. It's like a goldfish in a goldfish bowl. You just get plonked in that water and you're gonna swim around and that's, you know, that's where you're gonna be built. That's all you're gonna see. You know, that's why you think, you know, how do these people survive, you know, and they're completely different to this environment because they, you know, the Jesuit said, give me a kid from zero to five, I'd give you a Jesuit for life or whatever. And so if your encounter, if your first encounter with the universe in, in this particular reality, in this particular dimension, is around, you know, trauma and injury, and then the, it's just a darkness. It's like an oil spill. You've arrived to a sort of oil spill. And you don't, um, so in, a, in normal circumstances, it's like, you know, you're this little piece of divinity, you get seen, you get loved, and you're, whatever your script is, whatever you're, you were supposed to become, you become. In a version where you land, you know, you're chucked into this, you know, uh, darkness, it's like being chucked into an oil spill, you know, but no one sees you. It's like everybody just dumps all their, their shit, they pass it on to you, and so therefore, it's just you're, you're under, like you arrive and then someone comes with a huge dump truck of rubble and just chucks it on you. Now, you're negotiating somebody else's shit, right? them and you're just literally floundering around in this kind of oil spill thinking how the fuck am I going to get the shit off me but you never are because you're always negotiating their problems right so 
if you know your parent is you know their parent died when they were young and they didn't finish you know didn't fix it they didn't and they have all then the consequences of that then you arrive and boom you become a container you know to basically fix those issues because they're not seeing you they're not growing you they're using you again unknowingly this is not about throwing shade it's about seeing what's going on then you're negotiating all their issues and you're barely here and like why the fuck are you negotiating their problems that's insane right that means you're buried in them right and it's a form of darkness it's a place where you're you haven't arrived to the full opening of being and being nurtured and loved and safe and soothed no you're just you know drowned on arrival and you don't ever come up out of the ground because you've been buried by the outcome of somebody else's unfinished trauma and you're trying to fix it and so you become you know you're you become the next thing that's negotiating how to fix it and then then you create your own trauma in it and then you pass it on it's just it's darkness and if you look across the spectrum obviously you know in literature and art it's, it's all about the dark and the light right are we seeing love or are we seeing the dark and then there are you know people that have just have so much power with darkness Hitler, Idi Amin, Stalin 70s in Argentina, I mean all over the world, it's not, it doesn't have a nationality, you know, it's, it's everywhere, it can seep into anything at anyone at any time, and it can literally take hold, and it has a lot of momentum and power if it's truly believed. And from day one, I was refusing darkness. From day one, I had a magic wand that said, this isn't happening, not happening. I'm going to transpose this like music. I'm going to continually pour Chanel number five on this rotting corpse. I'm going to continually keep cooking up some, you know, five-star Daniel Balut, you know, sauce to keep covering, you know, the stench of this rotting meat. I am not going to face it. And by not facing it, I accommodate it in a way. I keep trying to make it work. But actually the only way I can make it work is by facing it. Because otherwise I'm covering up, I'm scared of it, I won't face it, you know. Now, I had no clue that I, you know, was doing this. It was just, you know, when you're very small, you have a strategy for survival. And this was my strategy was okay you know in your little consciousness in your little barely here gullible powerless place you don't have that many tools right you don't have a whole construction kit to like rebuild you just have like a little spanner and you know in my case a wand <coughs> the imagination to reimagine this But by reimagining it, I also accommodated it. I tried to make it work. It couldn't possibly be this. You know, it's like, again, like, Captain, here I am, my magnificent, like, 
newly starched uniform, white as day, great hat, you know, walking around the prow of the ship. But actually, you know, the demons are running the engine, right? I'm not steering the ship, I'm just looking the part. I'm just pretending that the ship is really being steered by me, but it's not. In separation to the truth of what's going on, completely severed from what's going on. And consequently, if you don't acknowledge it, you're going to keep recreating it. And so I've never known, I mean, again, I severed all the horror that happened early on off. And I think that's what, as a child, if you've been traumatized, you have many strategies, disassociation, you know, you know reinvention, um, fragmentation. I mean, I don't know, there's tons of ways of dealing with this. And it's our imagination that, you know, creates these different strategies, right? And so, then again, I was in the most horrific divorce. I mean, first of all, I was with someone that fell down the addiction well. That was horrific, right? That's no shade on them, but that's, they had their own trauma, right? So you get pulled into that. And then thinking I was going to be saved by the legal system, it was like, you know, watching even more monsters come over the horizon. And I thought that was bad. Wait till I get to this circus, you know, this freak show of monsters who all have like their agendas and I mean it was horrific so just when I thought I was being rescued from darkness more darkness showed up um, so you know Yeah. And again, I didn't learn my lesson. I didn't, I was just like, this is horrific. I just kept plowing through because there was a lot at stake. And it wasn't money, it was a, a child. So, it was, for me, it was like, wake up to the darkness, face the darkness. And, you know, darkness comes in many forms. As I said, you know, it can come in the culmination of Hitler and the culmination of Edie and the culmination of Stalin. And, you know, these, con Argentina, whatever, it's just, again, it's not a nationality. It's a state of, of mind. It's something that can, is, is the outcome of trauma the outcome of unresolved trauma. The avoidance, the, the, the response to horror. And so, even, and even in, you know, when I went to do ayahuasca, what did I see? I saw this huge demonic thing as I lay my hands like tied behind my back. I had accommodated the darkness, I'd not faced it. And again, no shade, I was little, how the possible, what was I gonna do, like fight it? I couldn't, you can't, 
if you've been neglected, abandoned, hurt, you know, you can't fight it. The problem was that, you know, I had accommodated to such an extent that I became its fully fledged, you know, gold card carrying member. I had agreed to it. And, and consequently, you know, re-manifested it over and over, right, in people. Again, I didn't see it. Again, I kept pretending them into exist, you know, into something else, creating them into something else. You know, you, to be in reality, to, to see, you know, to make a decision about anything, you have to see what's going on in front of you. And if you're terrified and you've had to project, you know, <clears throat> you know, safety around someone even though they're the monster you're going to do that over and over and over that's your mechanism for survival and so you know my I would manifest the same person over and over and then continually project you know niceness around them as opposed to seeing them for who they were actually being present to the whole of us. And that's what happens when there's trauma early on. You get blinkered. You get, you know, there's a very little that you can see because terror is so huge. So one of the problems, how, and even in, in ceremony, I mean, I, there's, the darkness lies within me. I mean, like, there's a thing that mocks what's going on, mocks the ayahuasca, mocks the light. Oh, you think there's light? No, no, this is stupid, right? very powerful force it's an oil spill and the most difficult part of facing or um, um, of dealing with it. Well, first of all, it's like a goldfish in a bowl goldfish bowl. You don't know you're in the goldfish bowl. I didn't know I was in a goldfish bowl. I thought everything was just, I'd built my little strategy, I'd built my fortress, I'd figured it out. You know, if I just keep inventing shit into like, you know, if I keep, just keep pouring my Chanel number five in my, you know, Michelin source, that was my, how my system worked. I just keep, it was this, my code was like, I just reinvent, I just transpose everything. Everyone I see, I'll just put them into another octave. I'll just keep, and what I'm doing actually is I'm accommodating it. I'm making it work. That's what I did as a child. I may, you have to make, I mean, I don't know what your strategy was, but you have to make it work. But by doing that, you're accommodating it. And then what you're doing is then you're taking on the mission of fixing their unresolved issues. So basically your life has been canceled out. You, you, you haven't arrived. You never came. You're still at the, you know, you're still on the, outside the kingdom, so to speak. You're still outside the party. Because you're fixing yesterday's problem with somebody that you had, you know, that suddenly you become the container and for their, all their crap. And I wasn't about to argue with it. How, you know, a two-year-old, three-year-old is not arguing with a six-foot-three thing that's looming over them who's either going to scream at them or hurt them or refuse them or neglect them. No. 
You are, you are constantly negotiating what's the next move with this crazy person. Although it's not crazy to you, it's just this is your parent. But you're carrying their darkness, right? And it never occurred to me, of course, they couldn't possibly be dark. No, 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 no. They're not really. I mean, you can't imagine that the person that's your parent is also the person that's going to hurt you. That's just, that's just too, big a, too big a pill to swallow for a three-year-old. And it would, just, it would die if it knew that. Like, could you imagine? So that's why I had to reinvent it. I couldn't say that the person is not, not only basically my parent, but it's also the monster that's going to devour me. It's a terrifying thought for a child. Yet a lot of children have to undergo that, right? So I airbrushed, reinvented, didn't like it, didn't happen. You know, just stuck all of that negative, you know, that 80% of my consciousness into a storage unit. <laughs> it doesn't go away. That's the thing about darkness. It doesn't get, it just festers. It's actually owning you if you don't face it. And, you know, one of the most difficult things and one of... The only way, I mean, it wasn't me that didn't want to face it, it was my six-year-old, my five-year-old. The child that had been hurt, I was terrified of releasing the truth. Terrified of, of um, testifying to the truth. Because her feeling, I'm going to die, she's going to die, it's going to hurt her even more. And so my journey is, my thing is like I have to, fa you know, I have to face the darkness. I could never accept that the world had darkness of it, even though it's everywhere, right? In all the literature and all the music, it's all about the light and the dark. And I was like, no, I cannot accept this. I cannot accept that there is darkness. It's too terrifying to accept that the world has riddled with this darkness. And it is the world. I mean, it's not... There's nothing wrong per se. It's part of the universe, right? It's what it is. It's just how can we, you know, mitigate? How do we, you know, accept it? I mean, the darkness is hurt, right? The darkness comes from pain. In fact, I had a, an amazing ceremony where I was just, I saw the suffering of the world. It was just this incredible, it was, a, it was, it broke my heart to see it. It was like I'd never really felt it in such a big way. It comes from hurt. Right? The hurt that we carry, the lack of love, of caring. And so, great compassion for all of us. But it is the hurt that we carry and the hurt of other people and their hurt, right? And their suffering. And our own, you know, I remember one ceremony where I was just, I finally was able to release, you know, the amount of grief I was carrying from the child, as a child. And it was, it was huge. It was this massive weeping thing. And it was amazing because it was just like, how many years has that been sitting there in that pocket of consciousness? You know, just holding on. 
because if it released that, all that, it would be, there was no, it could flow on forever. As a child, you could weep for eternity because there's no one coming to soothe or make it safe. Because, you know, there are restrictions put on if you're, you know, been abused or whatever, everywhere. How can I cope with this massive, overwhelming sense of grief if you're two and you're three? And, you know, the person's going to reject it, refuse it, not accept it, make fun of it. I can't release my being, right? So we carry all these massive pockets of stuff of unexpressed emotions that need to be expressed because they can't be expressed in the darkness. Because there's no one there to love it. You know, that's one of the most difficult, certainly for me, my strategy was I cannot accept this darkness. I mean, you don't erase it, you befriend it, you get to know it, you understand it. You get to know and you get to befriend to understand the fear and, you know, the source of it. Most of our lives is led in distraction and, you know, trying to, like, will it away or mask it away or, you know, build something else as an armor so you don't actually ever confront it. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> and then you do, and then you have to, and then you have no, uh, you know, at some point in your life you just, I mean, for me it was like, I just, it was the whole path, the whole journey is face it. I built so many layers to not see the truth. And to see that, and I say that's truth, it's to see the darkness, to acknowledge that place. Because as a child, it's going to overwhelm you. It's like a volcanic eruption. It's just going to, and it's, it's already smothered you in a way, right? So, You know, darkness is not, again, a nationality or a place. It's in, and I, you know, it's like an oil spill on your whole consciousness. It's like an oil spill. It's, it's, it won't, you, you never actually bud. You never actually show up. It's just, you're, you know, fixing, you know, intergenerational shit that's been passed down or you just happen to be the next arrival to it and you're, you know, you get smothered in it, right? Honestly, I don't want to fix somebody else's, you know, my, my, I'm talking about my own, I mean, I, someone at some point in that generation has to, has to sort of, you know, face it. Someone's left with a charge of having to fucking, you know, like, oh shit, now I have to deal with it. Because you're being pushed into opening and waking up to it. So darkness is really hurt, and hurt is really no love. Right? And no love is really no life, no real life. Yes, you can look the part and have the home and, you know, have the perfect life. It all looks good on paper, it all looks good on the outside, but there's a, a yearning, there's an unfinished yearning that's just always going on. You know, no matter how much you smother it with money and careers and real estate. <laughs> it never stops haunting you.
it's, it's just the empty, it's the hungry ghost, right, the Buddhist thing. It's like you have to reconnect. Because then you just want to keep filling the empty well with something else, you know. And so, you know, it's easy to point, right? Oh, he, she, what? No. I think that, you know, my, the greatest service I can do to the world is to clean up my own oil spill, right? I'm not fixing yours, and you're not fixing mine, and I can't, you know, there's nothing, you know, all I can do. And I think that's a, a if we all just fixed our own oil spills you know it we we vibrate at a higher frequency we know we're giving more to the world by clearing up our own little yard you know if I, my little garden flourishes and I can put little flowers and, <clears throat> and I can clean it up you know that's great you know it affects you know it's like the butterfly batting its wings that affects the cloud formation in outer Mongolia that's all I can honestly do is to enter my own vault. And that in itself is already a huge undertaking. And it's a huge undertaking in all of us. <clears throat> I can't possibly know what's in your vault. You don't even know what's in your vault, right? I can't possibly, and it's not even for me to do that. I mean, it's not my job, nor is it yours, right? We need to enter, you know, enter our own underground bunkers and go in there and figure out what the fuck is going on and what our fears are and what the darkness is and what the hurt is. <coughs> and what is the hurt of the other person? And so my, one of my parents' uh, parent died when they were very young. I'm sure they were deeply affected by that loss and that grief never resolved it. It then blossomed into all sorts of weird shit, which then I had, you know, came down to me, you know, low self-esteem, etc. Blah, blah blah. Then I had to fix it. I had to become what they couldn't, etc. So it's all, it's all grief-based, right? It's all hurt-based. The darkness shows up when there's tremendous hurt. And you know, if I think about, you know, having gone through a horrific. A divorce, and I say that because of all the vultures that showed up in the darkness, right? All the lawyers, and they're all looking to to feed off suffering, to make money off suffering, which is just horrific. And I think about that whole passage, and it was nothing compared to what happened in Germany or in Russia, or whatever. It's a, a tiny experience of the darkness. The only thing that allowed me to survive. My only life raft was a memory of love when I was 11 for another child, another boy. That, it was so pure and platonic, that moment was the thing that kept me, that allowed me to really live through horror. It was a military campaign to destroy me. So, <clears throat> my survival or my, 
my lifesaver was the memory of that, that really kind of floated, you know, got me through it. So I think, you know, think about the world and what it's gone through. I mean, the amount of hurt, the amount of suffering. And again, in one of the ceremonies, I just saw my heart broke from the amount of suffering that I was feeling from, you know, what the whole world, really. And that's what we need to fix within ourselves, or fix, or whatever, face, or heal. It's not more real estate, it's not more storage units for your clutter, right? It's not more smothering, it's not more covering, it's not more ice cream, it's, it's just what the fuck is going on inside of me that I can't face. What is the fear of it, right? And I say it again very flippantly, it's a, a huge undertaking. I, said, I mean, I had no idea, no a clue. I would, you know. So that darkness is not him, her, whatever. It's not the outward, it's the inward. Otherwise, we're just projecting our own shit on other people. It's like, oh, right. We can't see them because we're so blinkered by our own darkness. And we're just projecting it outward. <coughs> right, to save the world, we have to save ourselves, right? We have to willingly explore those places that we've refused. We have to be willingly to feel the feelings that we've refused. And it's a big deal. I mean, who the hell wants to feel the grief of a two-year-old? I don't, you know. <clears throat> but would I rather feel it and grieve it or carry it as, a, again, a, an infected area in my energetic field or, a, you know? It will mean I'm going to have to face a predator, right? It will have to mean I'll have to break the contract. I have to break the bonds with the darkness. It's a present energetic pull. It exists everywhere. You can't avoid it. <clears throat> I certainly try to. <laughs> Fat a lot of good that did me, right? Um, how did it happen? Where did it come from? What are all the feelings that you've refused around it? <clears throat> can you stop and stop? Can you stop disappearing from it and be in the middle of it? Feel all of it. It's not easy, but it's imperative. If you know, you want to surface. And, you know, why some people get it, some people, I don't know, look, it, I don't, it doesn't matter really. At the end of the day, it's wherever you've landed is your, is your project. <laughs> it's your project. And you can't pretend that I don't, you don't have it, that you, you know, 
or keep wanting to be somebody else or somewhere else or with someone else. It just that's all, you know, more of the avoidance. This is your project. It's been given to you for whatever reason. I don't know. Who knows? You know. And I've been avoiding my project my whole life. <laughs> I was like, I don't want this project. <laughs> I don't want this project. I want it to be something else, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, it is laughable, really. You know. Why isn't my project, you know, to, I don't know, do a music video? <laughs> Why is my project to have to face this massive darkness? I don't want it to be my project. But it is, right? So whatever your, the project is for you, I don't know. But if there's trauma and abuse and neglect and all the, the, you know, the list, the many of shit that unfortunately some people have been riddled with, then you can't avoid it. I mean, you can avoid, I mean, I did. I avoided it for as long as I could. But then it was like, okay, you want more of it? Or you want to surface? You want to live in the monster's closet or you want to surface? You want to learn? It's a teaching, right? It's like, if you go into a place you've never been before, if you've avoided things you've avoided, it's, there's, a, there's some big teaching that's going to happen. And it's interesting how it gets bigger and bigger. Because it's not just about the trauma. It's not just about the abuse. There's always something bigger behind it, right? is a bigger learning about the rest of the world. There's a bigger learning about the suffering in the world. Because again, the darkness is the hurt, right? There's some huge wound why it happened, I don't know, you know, whatever. And it could be passed on, you know. My parents, their parents died early on, you know, then they, you know, it's just like, it, it just can go back and back and back. At some point, if you're carrying it, it's like someone has to face, has to face all of it and cleanse it up for once, and, you know, once and for all. We don't need to carry on the suffering it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't serve us. If I suffer, it doesn't serve me. I remember when I was in, I was running um, a Chinese firm in New York. And um, I recognized that, you know, you don't work better if you're panicked. You work better if you're at ease, if you're safe. It, people don't work just for money, you know. They work to be seen, they work to feel good, they work, you know. You, a person's going to produce more if they're feeling good. They're not going to produce more if they're terrified of, you know, being fired. And they couldn't understand. It's like, why do you do it like this, Maria? It's just like, I want, you know, 100% of the bricks may not work, but I'm going to focus on 80% of the bricks. I'm not going to focus on the 20%. Yeah, you know, we blossom when we're seen. We blossom when we're accepted. Yeah, we fuck up a few times. What the fuck? Who cares? Next, right? It's part of the growing process. 
they couldn't understand. It's like, no, we need you to have, you know, heads down, like some kind of um, Edwardian Oliver Twist situation. This is not a factory. These are people. These are not computers. These are people. They function in a particular way. They function when they blossom. They produce more. So in the same way, it's like, you know, if you can relax into, or not relax, that's, all, that's really a kind of a ridiculous term, but if you can release more into it, accept. You see, because we're all busy going, yeah, not good enough, yeah, you're too this. And then this whole, I'm born a sinner shit. It's just like, it's like a double whammy, right? First of all, you're parachuted into a toxic waste dump. Then you have all this shit around you going, you were born a sinner, you got to repent. It's like, what the fuck? I'm not born a sinner. I'm a fucking piece of divinity. So then another squash in the whole, okay, another garbage dump down the chute. And then as if that was enough, then society shows up and goes, oh, well, of course you're not enough. And look, I've got the answer to it. If you just chew on this piece of plastic, you know, you're going to look better. It's just unreal. It's just constant refusal of you, refusal of who you are, of your divinity. And I think, and I, I don't know, it feels like it comes from a lot of hurt. Years and years of just hurt. How can people kill 50 million? Or, I mean, it's, like, it's insane. How do we kill each other? It's just insane. I mean, it's like somebody can spend years and the most spend hours looking after an orchid, and yet a human being is just gunned down like it's nothing. It's just insane to me. I don't understand it. But I do understand not facing the darkness because I, you know, that's been my experience. And to accepting that the darkness has power and that it should be accommodated. And facing that darkness by accepting all my own unfinished business, my own, you know, feelings, allowing for those feelings to be let go, released. And, you know, when, you know, when you have the experience of the true experience, not thinking, it's just spontaneous experience of releasing like a massive avalanche of grief or, or whatever it is, you know, the feeling that you've repressed. There's a real unbelievable feeling of relief and it's relief. The relief comes from no longer being scared of releasing that feeling. Because as a kid, as a child, as an, you know, if you're living in that abusive place, you are not releasing those feelings. It is too terrifying. You have to accommodate that predator, and that predator does not want to see those feelings. And you know that if you release those feelings, there is no place for them to go. There is no safety, there is no soothing, there is no container, there is no chill room. It's just, you know, they will not be accepted. And so therefore you don't release them. And there's an expansion, literally, as because, you know, if you're abused or traumatized, there's a shrinking. There's definitely a shrimp, you know, a shrink wrapping thing going on. You are shrinking. You are pretzeling up. And the more you release, there's this like, oh, it's like you're bleeding out of all of it. You're releasing all the, the ex true expression of you. And there's a, 
there's a, I can't describe it as a bigness, it's just this, you're releasing, you know, you're letting go, you're growing bigger, your consciousness is expanding as you face your fear. Fear is a shrinker. It shrinks. And so, you know, there's a greater, I mean, for me, certainly there's having accepted my own darkness and the, you know, the amount of power it's had over my life. I can now finally accept all the suffering that goes behind it and see more of the suffering that lives in the world that is really the creator of darkness, the hurt, the unexpressed feelings that we all carry. And again, it's really up to each of us. It's not for me or for anyone else. No one can fix me. I can't fix anyone. I'm not here. I don't want to, period, you know, honestly. You know, if I'm, if I can, you know, make it my project to make this thing, you know, to, to face up, to see, to, then that in itself is a miracle and a victory. And again, if we do it all individually, we individually, you know, heal. The world just becomes, you know, vibrationally a better place. And we're not ruled by these dark forces, which, is, which are everywhere in every segment of the world. It's just shrinking. It's shrinking, taking power, owning people, fear, you know. It's huge and hidden. And we've accommodated it. Yeah, we've believed it. We're scared of it. I certainly was. And it doesn't all go away. It's not just like this miraculous, bing, I took the, I, you know, the pill and I feel good now. I know what, you know, no, 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 no. It's a process. It's an unfolding process. It's a bigger consciousness that keeps growing. It's, you know, in my own ceremonies, I've seen, I didn't even know how much I was surrounded by it, how much I was owned by it, how it was in me. I mean, in ceremonies, many ceremonies, I've mocked. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing in me, not me, it's like there's just mocks the ayahuasca. It doesn't believe in the light. It like mocks it. And part of it too was I was, you know, when I grew up, it was that was their way of dealing was to mock everything to make fun of everything, you know, to accommodate their own hurt, you know, like I can, you know, I'm bigger than my pain. Oh, I don't have to deal with my pain. I'm just going to mock somebody else. I'm going to reduce them so I can heal my, so I can accommodate my pain, my own lack of control. If I'm making fun of you, it's because I have to resolve, you know, I have to, I can't deal with whatever's going on within me. I have to belittle you, you know, to make me feel powerful. Again, unresolved hurt, just riddled, right? So I have a system in me that mocks, you know, that mocks the ayahuasca. I never knew I had it, never, never really understood the, this force. But it's also part of the darkness. It's like, 
I have to accept that darkness. I have to see it. I have to see where it came from. I need to understand, you know, I have to face it. Clean up my oil spill. If I'm running away from it, if I'm distracting, if I'm Netflixing it out, if I'm whatever. Again, compassion for the unraveling, compassion for the, you know, the opening up, the unfolding. It's a, it's a you know, it's a, it's a process. It, it's little by little by little as you get less and less fearful and more and more willing to see the truth. And again, I would never be there without the plant medicines and the help of oh so many things that are not in this dimension. But it is the unfolding of consciousness in a way. And it's the outcome of trauma, it's the outcome of injury at the beginning, you know, of closing up the bud, right? Of being thwarted, of being smothered in someone else's darkness. It's not your darkness. It becomes your darkness. And this, you know, then you pass it on. Then you refuse your light, and then you take on their issues, and then you pass on the issues. It's just, you know, someone has to stop the whole kind of avalanche. At some point, somebody has to wake up. And it's difficult, you know, if you're the one that needs to wake up. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know somebody that is, you know, the, the one who's doing it and for a whole group of people, and it's really tough, right? But in the way, it's, you can't live, you know, with a storage unit full of shit and then, you know, live on, you know, 80% offline. There's just no way. You, at some point, you're going to, it just, you're kind of going to run into yourself. <laughs> it's just like over and over. It's just like, you're going to run into so many awful situations and you're, it's just like at some point, it's just like, okay, I think I've been told enough this is not working. <laughs> Whatever I, whatever's going on here is just not. It's, I, I've got to wake up. It's just like you can't keep slamming into the same wall, right, over and over. And, you know, sometimes it's easy. I mean, some people, you know, as I said, it can happen in one, two, three. And then, you know, like sometimes, like for me, it's like a dinosaur. It takes forever. doesn't really matter. There's no time or space, but whatever, right? Accept it. Accept your project. Perhaps you don't have one. Perhaps your project is to, you know, play golf 24 hours. I don't know. You're having fun. Good for you. But the thing is to not, is to, you know, accept your project. Yeah? And don't keep distracting. Don't keep trying to jump onto somebody else's boat. Don't keep trying to find somebody to fix it. Yeah, don't, don't keep hiding from it. You are the warrior. You're everything. You're the darkness, you're the light, you're the warrior, and the warrior, the one that worries, right? You're the knight in shining armor, and you're the one that's being hurt. You're all of it. You can do all, all of it. So, you know, find your knight, because you've got one, because you are one, and go into that darkness, and light it up. Befriend it, see it, 
however, you know, you do that again. Plant spirit, plant medicines, meditation, whatever your vehicle of choice. I don't know. Hanging out with the Aborigines in Africa. I don't, whatever it is, I don't know. There's a vehicle for return. There are many vehicles to return. And if you really commit, somehow, somewhere, you get guided. I don't know. Again, anything about that. You just accept that this isn't it. This little tiny fragment of the broken crockery shop isn't it. There are many, many other dimensions. I've only had a little peek into a little one. That's because I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not disciplined enough. But, you know, just accept that we're limited, you know, in that there's a possibility of so many other spaces and things. And, and if you don't believe it, then just think about, you know, the original people that thought about flying. <laughs> in that, you know, in the outback in Australia, or my friend who was in Yemen many years ago, and when they first saw a car, they tried to feed it, right? Bring hay to the car. They'd never seen a car before. We're limited, and even that's limited. So accept the infinite possibility of being and of hope, and that really there is a, a huge highway of opening. We just need to, be, you know, tear down all our barriers and our barricades and our fears. And that's it. Happy driving. Bye.